0: Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. This is Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is powered by Stickin' Ball TV, the baseball and softball streaming platform. If you haven't checked it out already, there are hundreds of videos and so much great content waiting just for you. And the cool part, it's all updated weekly. So check it out at stickandball.tv or on the Stick and Ball TV mobile app. Also, if you wanna help support the podcast, there's two ways that you can. One would be leaving a rating or review wherever you listen. And if you haven't already, it would mean the world to me if you did. And two, if this podcast is helpful to you at all, post it on social media, share it with your friends, and tag us. I'm grateful to have this platform to be able to share and would love to bring more into our community. On today's show, we've got on Nate Thompson, hitting coach and recruiting coordinator for the University of Arkansas. Following the completion of his own playing career at Dallas Baptist in 2006, Thompson aided a Dallas Baptist coaching staff working with the DBU outfielders while assisting with hitting instruction in the implementation of the club's strength and conditioning program. Nate then spent three seasons at Nebraska as the Cornhuskers volunteer assistant coach. Then he served as Hutchinson CC's primary hitting coach from 2011 2014. Nate then took a job as the hitting coach at Missouri State and since 2017 Nate has been in his current role as the hitting coach and recruiting coordinator for Arkansas. So how has the offense done since he's been there? Well Arkansas leads the conference in batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, weighted on-base average, OPS, runs, home runs, extra base hits, runs batted in, total bases, and sack flies. So on the show, we talk about what he looks for on the recruiting trail, how they evaluate players once they get on campus and how do we train adjustability and competitiveness. You're going to love this episode with Nate Thompson. Nate, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh, of course. Of course. So I am really interested because, you know, reading through your bio and getting to see you guys just hit over the last couple of years, I'm like, wow, they are, you know, something special and, and you've got good players and I'm sure that, that you will fully admit that. And, uh, but you are a product of the players that you're bringing in as well, because you're also the recruiting coordinator. And so I would love to just as the first question, just, just hit it right off the bat. What do you do when you go out and recruit and start to evaluate new players?
1: Yeah, probably the first thing we're going to do is, uh, you know, communicate with our coaches, whether that's uh, travel ball coaches, high school ball. We're going to we're going to talk to him about, you know, maybe some things that, uh, you know, might, you might think fly under the radar. But, you know, is, the, is, is he a good kid? Uh, is he a good teammate? You know, because the truth is uh, you want to try to recruit leaders. And, then, and that's not always easy. But uh, that's something we, we try to do. Uh, you want to know about the kid's work ethic. You find out a lot from those people because they're around them, you know, the most. And, you know, people can fool you, you know, in, 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 a, in, a, in a session where it's, you know, a short period of time or something. But you can't, you can't fool everybody every day. You know what I mean? Uh, does, you know, does the young man have a desire to be great? Another thing we'll ask them about is uh, how are their grades, obviously. We love to hear that guys are academic and that we might be able to have a chance to, uh, you know, put some academic money on them as well to just make things uh, more cost effective for them and their family. You know, the first thing we're going to look at is going to be, you know, they have to have high level talent. The SEC is obviously no joke. Um, and we're recruiting players that, that we think feel like can can help us win an SEC championship. And can help us get to Omaha and compete and win the national championship. So we need that kind of, you know, talent and competitiveness there. I'll say this too: we need guys who are somewhat competitive right now. Okay, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, we just can't take on too many guys that are kind of, you, you know, projects might be the word, so to speak, um, to describe them. You know, we need hitters that that hit and get hits and pitchers that throw enough strikes to be competitive, not five o'clock hitters, you know, guys that look pretty, but but don't do produce in games and, and guys with big arms, but, you know, are nowhere near the strike zone. Um, that doesn't mean you don't take on some guys sometimes that, you know, have some big upside in terms of, uh, you know, talent, obviously, but, you know, we don't get five or six years to develop these guys like they do in pro ball. And, you know, a lot of times we only get two or three years based on, you know, when they're draft eligible and things like that. So we're we're looking for guys that are ready to step in and be as competitive as possible as soon as possible. I'll say this too. We need guys that are going to do something special, whether that be from a speed tool, a power tool, a hit tool standpoint. Um, It's kind of hard to be average at everything and get on the field. Honestly, like if you can have one tool that really stands out, that makes a big difference. And and you can see that at the big league level as well, where, you know, this guy may not be a complete all-around player, but he's really special at one thing, and he does it extremely well. And that gets him in the lineup, and and he has a chance to affect the game. And it's the same thing here. Also, you have to have a position. got to be able to defend here. Um, You know, that's a big thing for Coach Van Horn in this program. And honestly, if you're going to be competitive and try to win in this league, you've got to be able to defend. You know, uh, the old phrase that hitters, you know, hit and play – uh, you know, it, it's true, but the hit if if there's not a position for the guy, and, and he's going to be below average or mediocre at defense, the hit tool has to be really, really special. So we're looking for guys that can defend, guys that can play, you know, own a position or have multiple positions that they can own, and we can you know try to plug into a lineup to put together our best kind of lineup. Other things we're looking for when we're talking to guys is, you know, does the player, you know, does his interests and desires line up with what we're about? Is he about winning? Does he have the goal to, uh, you know, be a part of a winner, to go to Omaha, to compete and win a national championship? How into development is he? Is that something that's important to him? And then obviously you just got to love to compete and be in the big moment because, you know, at the University of Arkansas, you know, the lights are pretty bright, the SEC is – Uh, Very, very competitive, and, you know, you got to want to have that at bat or you got to want to have the ball in your hand on the mound when there's, you know, 10, 11, 12,000 people in the crowd on a Friday night, you know, anywhere in this league. And that's not for everybody, truthfully. So uh, those are a lot of the things we're looking for. Obviously, talents first and foremost. And then we want guys that are good people and good culture guys, and and they're going to want to be special at the game.
0: And so I wanted to start with that question because then you get them on campus, you have recruited them for a couple of years uh, and with today's climate, maybe six or seven, I feel like, but you get them on campus and they need some tweaks. Most players need some tweaks. And so you get them on campus and how do you evaluate, let's talk about hitters first and then anything else that you'd like to in regards to that, but let's go with hitters first. What do you, how do you, and how do you develop them? What do you look for? uh, What tools do you use? But just kind of, if you don't mind, just open up the doors of what it would look like to really go through the player evaluation process at Arkansas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's an acronym I kind of go, go about to use. It's called analyze, evaluate, and then instruct. And the idea behind that is when you recruit a player, and they're obviously a good player. You like them. You want them to be in your program. You think their talent is sufficient to be here, or you wouldn't have recruited them in the first place. You've got to let them go play. Now, that's not to say that you know when you get them on campus and you start doing some drill work that a lot of the drills kind of take care of some of those things. But but it's not my uh, prerogative or style, I guess you could say, to bring a bring a guy in as a hitter and then just start tweaking him and messing with him and his his stroke immediately because you know he was a good hitter for a reason and the the player if if you're gonna get uh the buy-in that you want and 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 help the player make the adjustments that you think are necessary the player has to first want to make the change and recognize that he needs to adapt and that without recognizing that need you know they're not as open to it Um, sometimes you got to let them fail first and be a little miserable, uh, for a little while (laughs) in order to, uh, to, to get, to get that buy-in. And so, you know, it's a lot of times the, every pitcher that they're facing is suddenly the best pitcher they've ever faced. They're older than them. They're more experienced than them. The teacher, you know, arrives so to speak, when the student's ready (laughs) and, uh, you just have to have constant communication that will create the opportunity. Uh, you use video, you use the stats, you use the metrics, and you explain the why uh, of what they're doing and why that doesn't work and, and why, if they make this adjustment, how it'll benefit. And, and hopefully, you can get the, the buy in at that point. If you make adjustments, in my opinion, with players who have only had success prior to getting on campus, and then they start to fail. A lot of times, like a blame game, so so to speak, starts. And you know, they'll say, you know, I mean, in their mind, they can't help but think, "Well, coach screwed me up." You know, doesn't he know how good I am? And, and it's his fault. And now I'm not playing well. And I just need to go back to doing what I did before because sure. it worked. It worked for me. But the truth of the matter is, he wasn't playing against the caliber of competition before. You know, like that. That's exposing him. But but it doesn't matter if the move that you want to do with a player is right. If the player doesn't buy in and have success with it, like it doesn't matter what, you know, as a coach, what matters is what the player can do. We just want to try to create a a, a system where you can create some trust. And some buy-in, and sometimes some guys come in from from the get-go because they they see what you've done, you know, you, they see the success that hitters in the past have had in the program, and they want to change immediately. And that's a that can be a really good thing, but it also is like, you know, you, you just want them to be themselves for a little while, at least. Um, but but sometimes guys come in and they want to they want to make adjustments quick. So and, and and that's not a terrible thing either. But timing's everything with this because you don't want to wait too long and let the players confidence, you know, get kicked to the curb too hard as well as, you know, as well as the other coaches, but but you also don't want to make the move too early where they're not necessarily as um, as ready for the move or, or bought into it. So
0: I love that and and you really covered what I was going to ask next of just what does that conversation look like when players want to make a change? And it almost sounds like you wait for them as long as possible without, you know, hurting their career, you wait for them to come to you and ask you about changes to make. And you really, you evaluate, you're consistently evaluating, but whenever you said, you know, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. That's when you're preparing all of this time on the front end to whenever they show up, it's like, I got you. And I love that. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about that or expand on that a little bit?
1: Yeah. It's just, like I said, it's kind of a tight rope to walk because, you don't want to let the player get buried. Like I said, at the same time, you don't you don't want to let them um, you don't want to get to the place where they're not they're not ready yet either, and they don't realize that that, that what they're doing is not it's not going to be good enough. That's just where you, you just have to have honest conversations, and you and you bring the guy in, and you, and you just tell tell them the truth, and, and you're on their side. You, you develop an emotional bank account with guys, and you just keep investing in them. And, and the drills honestly a lot of times show them where they're where they're deficient truthfully you know it's like they come in and they have a hard time hitting the velocity you know fastball machine or they have a hard time hitting angle batting practice and they just can't they just can't do the drills that you're asking them to do and, and those things kind of correlate to success on the field and yeah so um, and the other thing I think you got to realize as a coach is, is I've been doing this for you know, well over a, a decade now and and when you throw in playing you know college baseball it's it's almost 20 years of experience i you know at this at, at the collegiate level those freshmen this is they, they've never had a year of college experience before they don't know what you know and you got to remember that and you know just try to try to be as you know, upfront and honest and, and uh help them help them realize you know, the things that you're, you're telling them are, are true. <laughs> um, sure. Absolutely. That there's, that there's, you know, the experiences that you've had and, and you point them to other guys that you've used before or, or the guys that have been through the program and gone through it with success that, that you're, you're not the only one. And, and this is, this is a part of your development as a player. Like you, you honestly have to go through this. Okay. Like this is what it's all about to be a guy at this level. So um, but it's easier said than done, certainly.
0: <laughs> and so when when you're having these conversations or you see some of these players struggling, which uh, you've alluded to a couple of different times, which which I love hearing your thought process behind it because there is a lot of depth there that you're talking about, which is cool. Uh, but you also, I, I, I'm thinking of different, you know, your different approaches to all of these different players. And it's and it's really hard to really pinpoint, okay, what would you do with X player with without providing context? But with the younger players that are coming in, do you allow those upperclassmen who have been through the fire to really talk with them? Or do you, I, you mentioned using examples and that was like, what, what came to mind to me and you, ha- you didn't mention it, but I was curious if that was the case.
1: Yeah. You encourage your, your captains and the guys that have been through it before to, you know, take a guy under their arm and, 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 you know, help them see some things that maybe they can't see yet. And, and a lot of times that that's, that's something you 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 want in your program is that leadership. You know, you want you want your uh, your best players to be your hardest workers, and also to be those kind of guys that are going to you know mentor other guys. And and I've been really fortunate, you know, in the programs that I've been a part of here and and and, and at other places as well to uh, you know have guys like that or guys that you can go to and you can trust and that can uh, you know do that for you. Absolutely, they've their, their experience is invaluable. And a lot of times they'll listen, they'll listen to each other more than they will you, you know, just, it's just, it's just a different dynamic. They, they, uh, they, you know, that's, that's a big thing.
0: All right. They're with you. So one of the, one of the next ones that you mentioned Velo machine, and we'll get into some technology stuff here in just a minute, but it sounds like you really take Uh, hands-off approach with, you know, talking about mechanics. I'm sure you're really good at it just based on the different stops that you've been and and some of the the things that you guys have done on offense. But it sounds like you're really using the environment to teach the player how to adjust. Do you mind going into that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I
1: I think I remember um, maybe it was a few years ago we were playing in a big game and I, I, I don't think our offense was really handling things very well. Uh, the pitcher was kind of sticking it to us, and, and and you know he had a lot of he had a lot of movement, a lot of change of speed, you know the angles with which he was coming at us with, and and, and the velocity too were just very hard to combat and create a plan and approach against. And so we've always trained adjustability and and tried to train game like, but that even took it to another level for me. Just because you know the game requires hitters um, to do certain things against the ball that that's obviously been thrown, and tr- you got to train uncomfortably to get there. Um, you can't, you know, you just can't you know, train easy and 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 be ready to manage those those types of pitches and and to do that type of a hard thing, and so. Uh, like there's a lot more to, to hitting than you know, tees and front flips, <laughs> you know, that they're, they're not, this isn't T ball. They're not putting the T on home plate for us or, mm-hmm. or flipping something underhand out there, you know? Um, and so, yeah, we really do. We really try to train in a manner that is more game-like. And so, you know, a lot of times we're going to train against high velocity and with spin. And, uh, that may be with, <clears throat> that may be with machines, Okay. You know, going, going fastball machine or curveball machine. Heck that may just be an arm. Like the other day, uh, we were doing situational charted batting practice, you know, and, uh, the first round was, uh, you know, two hit and runs and then, um, two, two slug bunts or you call them a slash, you know, the fake bunt hit and run. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm bringing it at him, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I might have been forty-five feet away, but I guarantee I was throwing sixty-plus miles an hour. <laughs> you know, and, okay. and, and and the truth is, I'm also, you know, I'm not trying to throw it right down the middle. I'm 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 trying to put it on edges. I'm trying to get in on their hands. And, you know, we'll we'll do uh, we're doing runner on second and nobody out. We're doing runner on third and and middle infield back. And uh, you know, I can't spin the breaking ball like I used to. <laughs> uh, my elbow doesn't handle it. But but, uh, you know, trying to train more game like where they have to make decisions and and, and swing decisions and and be ready to be ready to hit their pitch and and, and, hey, get in there with intent. And um, because that's more game like and, you know, the other thing is trying to train training against angles we will go angle in angle away, whether it's in flips or in BP. And I, I feel like that's a, that's a really good thing to do. It trains the guys to be able to adapt to zones. Another, another thing we're, we've also done in the past was we, we've been training against, you know, how flat the ball comes into the zone with like a high spin fastball from different, uh, on a, maybe on a machine from different, different heights, whether you know they have the, the tall legs or the short legs. Or we've actually done batting practice before where we're throwing off of two platforms at the same time. Which is which is kind of weird, and and you feel like when you're throwing it, man, you're throwing from outer space. <laughs> but you know, you're just making your guys adapt. You're making your guys adapt and I love to different stuff. And you know, I, we started doing something last year too, where we we're going, you know, first round BP's against a right-handed BP thrower, second rounds against a left-handed, you know, BP thrower. You know, and then we'll go back to right, and then we'll go back to left, and just always, you know, trying to. Make them more adaptable to what exactly they need at that moment, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just just make the adjustments. Um, we'll do you know stuff where we're fighting, you know. I, I I'd, I'd say it's called like exaggerated movement, where you know, hey, you you know, typically you've got your your curveball coming from a certain certain angle. Well, we'll we'll put it even further over, you know, left. hand, Say it's a left hand curveball. We'll we'll line that machine over, up all on where, you know, in line with where the second baseman would be playing rather than, you know, on, you know, the side of the mound, stuff like that. Another piece, too, is just, you know, when you're trying to, you're trying to work on timing, you know, turning the, turning the hack attack off for a pitch, (laughs) you know, um, creating a little bit of a change up there, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Slide step batting practice, you know, because the pitchers, you know, they're not always going to have a big leg kick, and they're not always going to uh, create even timing for us every time. So, you know, do we have a move that's that's under control enough that we can that we can be in a position ready to hit whenever the pitcher throws? And so, and this isn't all to say that we don't have feel good batting practice rounds. You got to have them because I, I want my guys to feel good. You can't do everything to where it's like, gee whiz, everything's equivalent to ninety five with with. Sure. Mm-hmm. Gir- or carry, <laughs> you know. Sure. You know, it's kind of like hitting your biceps in the weight room. You got you don't want to do it, and so we try to make it to where they're uh, they get some feel good every day, but they're also getting some compete every day, and um, just trying to be up to speed, man, because because uh, nobody's trying to let you hit the baseball here. <laughs>
0: No out no doubt that sounds like a like a, a weekend in the sec so what you're describing is not that far-fetched from from what they're going to see every weekend so i love i love hearing that and and i love the i mean even lefty bp throwers i mean if you could find good lefty bp throws they're worth their weight in gold for sure
1: oh yeah well yeah no it's 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 totally true and i'll say this you know we've 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 actually had some good lefty bp here over the last few years and i think it's really made a difference for us because other years in the past, I haven't had that, you know, I throw right-handed and everybody else seems to throw right-handed and uh, it always seems like we got off to a slow start on the season against left-handed pitching. And, uh, and, and I think it certainly helped us last year. It made a big difference for us. And The other thing is the guys just got to understand that like, it's kind of like taking your medicine, you know, sometimes you, you stand in there and this guy, this guy, you know, he's tough throwing BP kind of like I'm, I'm tough on him too. You know, coach Van Horn likes to say, I'm, I'm pretty hard to hit, but it's, it's just because, Hey, you know what? Get comfortable being uncomfortable and, and, and just find a way. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's something we're trying to do, you know, pr- about every day in some way, shape or form.
0: Cool. I love that. So another, another question that, that we, that well, you've brought up really, and that's the use of technology, just knowing your facilities and knowing, you know, the, the, the amount of boosters that, that you guys have. And, and so I'm, I'm assuming that you guys could really get anything you want. You probably have just about everything that you could want. But I, I guess my question is, is what, what have you found as the balance of, yes, we can get just about everything we want, but we also want to create good hitters, you know, that aren't just completely petrified by looking at a screen, every single pitch, and then also freeing up your staff to be able to do things other than crunch CSV files and and data excel sheets and and all of these different things. So I'd love to f- love to hear your thoughts on especially you know you've been there in over the last I think this is your fourth year. And so it's come a long ways in 4 years and even you know when you whenever you first started coaching and uh, I think it was 2008 it's it's come you know it's come a long way since then. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on how do we balance that? You know, how do we balance the technology side we want to continue to stay ahead of the curve there uh, but we don't want to get lost and lose players and lose practice time by chasing the things that don't matter so really a long-winded question is is how do we balance that
1: i guess it's not really easy you're, you're trying to you know utilize everything you have but at the same time you don't want to uh yeah you don't want to make you know have guys get paralysis by analysis and and to where they're you know they're worried about you know, what's their right eyelid doing <laughs> on this
0: yeah, exactly.
1: pitch. Um, the thing that we do is, you know, we, we like, we, we, we use our track man in a, in a great way. We've got, I've got incredible help here. You know, I've got a guy named, um, you know, Phil Sebuhar that really knows how to, you know, he's, he's a graduate manager for us and he, he kind of uh, creates reports for me with that. And it's just it's all about finding ways to make it simple for the players and useful because they don't need every little ounce of data. You know, it's kind of like a scouting report, like scouting reports are great, but honestly, if they're too detailed, do you even remember anything about them? You know, like what are the, what are the main things that you can use that you can get, you know, get better from right there. And so, you know, Phil creates some you know big time scout you know big time reports on TrackMan for me that are related to swing decisions and hard hits and you know swing and miss and and you know in zone and out of zone stuff and and um, you know how guys are being attacked and then and then we're, I'm able to you know show these guys some things and and just try to make it simpler. Like, look, you don't you know let this let this help you eliminate certain pitches. Rather than try to think about everything, like just to start eliminating, you know, make it more simple so you're more dead red on what you want. You know, we use the RAP Soto in our indoor facility, and that's nice to have. The blast kind of works in that same way too. You know, we'll we'll look at, we need a guy to try something, make an adjustment here, here's why. And then we'll look at it two or three weeks later and see if it's improved. And if it has, then it's just, it's it's nice to be able to go back to the player and go, see. You know, it's not just you know you and me feeling it. The numbers are backing it up too, and, and you're making progress. And but like I said, we're not we're not tracking that every every swing of every day. And we like to watch video too, but we're not we're not breaking down every swing. We're not we're not videotaping every at bat or every every swing in the indoor. It's just something we'll do on a semi regular basis. But you got to make the point of it just being hey, we're just we're just trying to square up baseballs and play our game and play your role within that game. You know, we need we need the big guys to, with the power to drive the baseball and to, and to get the ball in the air. And we need the, uh, the smaller guys that that uh, run really well to hit the ball hard and flat and hit line drives, singles and, and doubles and triples and uh, play their game. And, you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's probably easier said than done. Um, I feel like, though, I'm thankful I've got a lot of really good – good help here. And, you know, we, I feel like we're, we're getting there and we're also getting guys, you know, hitters who are starting to understand some of the the metrics and things. The point has to be, you know, are are you getting better? Are you competing and, and make it about that rather than how much rotational acceleration you created on that swing versus another swing.
0: For sure. No, I completely agree with you there. And again, it's, it's the le- the least amount of things we can focus on or i guess the less amount would be just like you mentioned getting it down from from four to three to two to even just one thing that's going to get you right i love hearing that and you've mentioned you, that you've wanted competitive guys and so uh, is this something that you guys tr- i know we know you and inst- you recruit players who are competitive you mentioned that you love seeing that uh, getting there they have to compete against other guys who are extremely good at their position because again it's it's the sec that's the best of the best amateur players in the country and so is, is there any other ways that you really instill that you know internal confidence that external confidence or just w- walk us through uh, if, if a player is struggling with this aspect of things how do you help them or how do you help train some some more competitiveness or or just w- walk us through i guess you know, if they don't necessarily have it, what, what, what do you do?
1: So when we get everybody in here, our first, you know, team meeting, we'll go over a lot of things, obviously. And and Coach Van Horn covers a lot of subjects about, you know, what he has as far as expectations for the program. And then, and then I'll talk with the hitters and one the, and I have a little PowerPoint and, you know, the first slide talks about confidence, and the first thing it says is no one can take your confidence from you unless you let them have it. Um, and I believe that to be true, no doubt about it. Like, if you know you're good, you're good, and if you, you know, if you, you know, if you think you're you're right, uh, or it doesn't matter if you think you're wrong or right, you're correct. <laughs> you know and, and the same thing goes with confidence so you you earn the right to be confident through hard work and and having those experiences and I tell them stuff like hey you know and coach van horn says this to them too you know don't waste your don't waste your freshman year wondering you know about if you're good enough to be here like you are here for a reason you're a good player now you know embrace embrace everything about it and view everything as an opportunity to get better Um, everything that happens to you, whether it's good or bad, just view it as an opportunity. You know, you get to go through this. And I think that helps guys a lot of times too. But we'll talk a lot about, um, you know, what does confidence look like? Uh, What looks like, you know, positive big body language, you know. Um, Try to to nip some of those, you know, bad body language, woe is me, Facial expressions, or or just the way you talk to yourself, tone of voice, type stuff in the tail early. Um, you know, we talk about trying to think, you know, think and speak in terms of do's not don'ts. Um, because you know, if you're if you're telling yourself what not to do, what are you focused on? The thing you're trying to avoid, rather than than what you want to have happen. So focus on what you're trying to get done, rather than something you're trying to avoid. And then, you know, it also comes down to process orientation. You know, are you process oriented or are you results oriented? Um, a lot of the guys are going to come in here and be very results oriented because, well, for, for for a big reason, that's part of why they're here. But the other piece is, is you know, they've never had to face, you know, as much adversity as as they will now. And especially they're out on their own for the first time. and. Um, you know, how do they define success for themselves is a big deal. And what, it you know, rather than chasing hits, are they chasing quality at bats? Are they chasing seeing the ball well? Are they chasing, you know, just hitting it hard? And a lot of those things are cliche, but it's very real. Very, very real. And um, I just tell them this too, that, you know, the, the, there's a phrase that the game knows and the game will bring everything to light. I love that. The light of day will – will be shown on what, you know, what you're doing, what you have done. And regardless, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make adjustments. We're going to, we're going to continue to try to push forward and get better. You know, how big of an adjustment are we are going to have to make? We'll see. But, um, you know, the cream rises to the top. I had a coach tell me that a long time ago too. And so you just, you just have to, it's, it's, like I said, it's, uh, you can you can work on building confidence and instilling confidence, but but a lot of guys they just kind of have it, and you hope to recruit those guys <laughs> and have to be a part of your program. Like, you know, Heston uh, when he came in here as a freshman, he uh, he just hit from day one and he always had a lot of confidence, just seeing a lot and a, and a superior amount of poise for his age, and um, that was something you know special, and I you know. You don't see that with everybody,
0: certainly. Oh, it's really, really good, and and I love uh, I love hearing that. I love the quote. By the way, I think that's that's really, really good, and it's it's so true. It's not fun whenever you're going through it, but having things that that's, that's going to be easy is just it's it's not good for us in the long run for sure. Whenever whenever you're talking about just the mental side of hitting, so you get you get a, again a lot of these players are coming in; they've never seen what they're going to see on Friday, Saturday nights, Sunday nights. Or Sunday afternoons, I guess. And so how do you prepare them mentally? Because we've talked about practice, we've talked about training that, but it's different whenever they're playing their first home game and, and LSU's in town or, or whoever. And so tell us a little bit about how you prepare them for what that mental side is going to look like, or even guys who have gone through it for a year, maybe they're starting for the first time, but just what's your preparation process from the mental side?
1: Yeah, I think it's just everything you're doing on a daily basis really I've I've seen this before. You can talk about the mental game all throughout the year and trust me we do, but it really doesn't start to resonate or become real to them until they, you know, start taking the bullets, you know, so to speak. You know, when they're in the moment and and there is some failure and they do, you know, and and, and they're, you know, they're coming up in a big in a big situation. And so, um, hopefully, they've you know listened and learned and and taken some of those things to heart. But but once they've you know been through it a little bit, suddenly the 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 older guys because they've because they have been through it, you know they're 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 more open minded and they understand. Maybe the younger guys are are kind of thinking, you know, I, I don't know about this, you know, how much value this has, but. You know, we'll we'll talk about things like, I mean, it's very cliche, but but it doesn't mean it's wrong, right? Um, just trying to get one percent better every day. You know, trying to play one pitch at a time. You know, just trying to be in control of yourself, control the controllable, control how you think. Can you fake it till you make it, man? If you like, if you're not having, a, if you're not feeling it today, do you, you know, do you want the do you want the last at bat? Do you want to come up with the opportunity to win the game? Um, and then you, like I said, you, you, you just always, I feel like you got to go back to process orientation so much. Like, you know, what can you do right now? Well, you can try to win this pitch, do it again and just do it again. And, you know, win this at bat, you know, win this inning, don't give up on anything. So, so that's like emotional awareness stuff, but also, you know, just trying to, trying to be able to slow the game down, breathe. Commit to an approach. Don't let the game speed you up. Understand where where the game is and where your feet are, and what you need to do right now because that's all that's important. And, and then just honestly, just let it rip with your best intent. And then I think we'll t- talk about stuff like you know, are, do you have a victim or a victor mentality? Is is it going to be a little bit of "woe is me" or is it going to be "I'm going to get this done"? Talk about stuff like adversity is coming, and you've got to view it as an opportunity. You talk about that it's, that it's on its way. You know, you're either in it, you're either in adversity, you just went through it or you're about to go into it (laughs) and you'll decide how you'll handle it. Because when do we get, when do we get sideways uh, within the game? It's when something surprises us, you know, it's like, I I call we'll say it's a, it's a sucker punch. You know, you, something happened, it surprised you, uh, how quick can you get back to your routine? How quick can you get back to positive thinking? What's important now? You know, stuff like that. But you, you got, if you want to be uncommon, you got to think uncommon. The championship teams, the great offenses, you know they might get sidetracked for a minute, but they don't stay there. The great hitters don't stay there. And they just get right back to their approach, being in the moment, knowing that they're good, competing as hard as they can
0: having poise. No, definitely. And, you know, as you mentioned, you think they might have it. And then once they go through it, then it's time to maybe do some reevaluation with the player and and talk to them about these different things, which I really, uh, again, I I love the the depth that, that you're speaking of. And so I, I do want to skip forward to since we are getting right into end season, and by the time that this airs, uh, you guys will will hopefully be playing really well, and uh, you'll be right in the middle of it. But I want to I want to know what do you talk about in a dugout? So you're you've already game planned. You feel like your guys are ready. You're in the middle of a game, and there's just so many different things that are going on. You've got player A who's seeing the ball really well. You've got you know your two hole or three hole who's like man I, it looks like a bb right now and and then you've got you know your your eight hole is like he hasn't he hasn't uh, hit a pitch in a week and he you know you've got all these different emotions that are going on and, and and you laugh because you you can imagine and i think that that we're that all of our guests are are really empathizing with having to do that but i just want to know like what What's your process during a game? Like, what do you talk about? What do you help them with? What do you help them focus on? How do you help them get right? And and just kind of walk out. Yeah, through a Yeah, it all it's little a lot bit. of
1: fun sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think about it like yeah. you're, you're uh, being a hitting coach. You're, you're teaching the the hardest skill in all of sports, okay? And to young guys, typically 18 to 21 or 22 years old, and they're playing at an extremely high level and the game is very competitive and demanding and, and hard. And, um, and yeah, and there's a lot of failure involved. And so, you know, I can very rarely remember a time where it was like, well, yeah, everybody's really clicking and everybody's really hitting and everybody feels really good all at the same time. You know, like you're always, you're, it's kind of like you're always battling something. And so I guess that's as a coach, you know, just to be expected, but, we do a uh, a worksheet before the season, and pretty much I guess like this year we did it right right before we started doing our inner squads this spring. Uh, it's like a routine worksheet or an approach worksheet, you could say. And there's a lot of pieces to that, and, but um, you know it has you know cues involved that help them things that they want to think about when they're. In the hole or on deck as they're going to the plate, pregame routine, you know, how they're getting ready, and then what kind of what's their standard approach. And and so, you know, the thing is is they know all these things already, but I want them to have put them down on paper so that they're kind of committed to them. And it's not very wishy-washy. And I want them to, you know commit to, to doing those things in game and working on them leading into the season and throughout the season. And obviously nothing's set in stone. You can, you can adapt things all the time, but it helps me to know also where their head's at and what they're thinking and what they want to do. And when they're, you know, maybe they've got some things that are good reminders for me, um, that can help them, you know, when they are struggling a little bit you know, some, some verbal or physical type cues, things like that. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's, it's about them putting in some time with it. It's about me, um, understanding it, being aware of it us having a good communication, you know, it's not a one size fits all thing. They have to do their own thing right there. You know, they got to have feel and the biggest, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they're, what we're asking them to do. It's just, they, just, we we just need them to be successful. We just we have we, we have to have production. And so we're trying to you're trying to find that. Uh once again, you're just trying to keep it more simple than anything. You don't want them thinking about too much as far as mechanics go and just getting really present and and you know, hunting a pitch or a location and just letting it fly and, and trying and to tell them, hey, you know, visualize success, um, say good things to yourself, tell yourself what you're gonna do have a lot of confidence and swagger as you walk into the plate in between pitches. It's just, yeah, it's just not easy, you know, and you, you've got to always be ready to adapt. If if a player is suddenly getting pitched really tough or, or they're chasing or uh, yeah, they're getting, you know, a lot of spin all the time or, you know, there's just, yeah, you have to be able to uh, just communicate it easy and quick and, Just just go with it, man, and hopefully they'll have you know. You want them to have that confidence. You want them to have that confidence that they can go execute it. And um, I'll 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 say I'll say this story real quick. Last year, um, sure. No, this is two years ago. um, We're playing Auburn in an extra inning game, and um, you know Heston Kerstad's at the plate, and I mentioned him already once, but you know he you know he had a lot of good at bats here. And a very good hitter and uh, for obvious reasons. And he he was actually, I think, like 0 for 6 during this game at the time. It was a long game. <laughs> All I said – one fun thing I said to him as he came, I said, you're going to get the game-winning knock, okay? Like, you expect that. And um, sure enough, he came up, I don't know, if it was like the 13th or 14th inning or something, but he came up in a big moment and banged the ball over the right field wall and we ended up winning the game. And, you know, he wanted that last at bat. And and he and he always had confidence and he just stayed in there. And, you know, I think, yeah, that's that's kind of a coach's job at times to just, you know, hey, paint him the picture. Paint him the picture. Even if it's a little hey, maybe it might be a little unrealistic at the moment. Or you know, whatever. But paint him the picture of confidence and uh try to make it simpler, not harder, eliminate some, you know, eliminate pitches, whatever, tell them to let it fly. It's probably about the best way you can try to, you know, best thing you can do, try to have th- you know, good things happen.
0: Oh, for sure. Definitely. And, and I love, I love the, the interwoven stories within this cause it just makes, makes things feel so real and, and just really come to life. And so I, I do have some quick hitters here before you go. And it's really just a lightning section, just about getting, letting us get to know you a little bit better. And so the first one is, what is something that you've learned lately that got you really excited or you're excited to dig more into?
1: You know, honestly, I'm trying to learn more about a lot of the technology stuff and just continuing to know how to utilize it better, whether that's TrackMan or Blast and, you know, utilizing video. You know, another thing we we got this year we're blessed to have, we got, uh, you know, virtual reality where we can we can train uh, swing decisions and pitch recognition and just, you know, how to incorporate that sort of thing and how we can, you know, continue to, you know, utilize that along with our scouting reports and approach, you know, to combat the types of arms we're facing. You know, that's that's always – I guess that's the thing for me is like how to, how to take all this new stuff and still make it really simple. And so that, you know, so our players are very clear minded, but those are, I guess those are some of the things I'm, I'm really excited about trying to continue to learn more, more of all the time.
0: I love that. The next one's tough. Uh, It's what is something that you've changed your mind about? And that can be something in the past or something that you've changed recently or just, something that you have gathered more information and you're like, man, I wish that I hadn't you know, done that in the past or, and we're all growing. And so we all have, have those. And for the listeners who are out there, who are like, yeah, I haven't done that lately. Then that should tell you something. But anyways, Nate, what is something that long story short that you've changed your mind about either recently or in the past?
1: I might have a couple things here. Yeah. One thing is two strike approach, honestly, a little bit. You know, I think that's related to, um, kind of like a standard approach. Like I, the way I used to teach it was we would, we would look soft because that's what we were, you know, you were going to get more often than not. And then you just try to try to, try to fight off velocity. And the truth is, is I, I you know, I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> you can't really do that at this level because the velocity is, is so good. And and uh, the caliber of the pitching that you're facing, plus the fact is, is when you do the research, is uh, you're still going to see almost you know, half the pitches, or with even with two strikes or, or fastballs, sometimes you know a lot of the time. So um, instead of instead of looking, uh, you know, soft, we've, we've got to be able to still handle velocity in some way, shape, or form. I think this too, the value of scoring without getting a hit. And what I mean is, you know, (laughs) a ground ball to second base with a runner-on third and less than two outs. Because, you know, coming to Arkansas and coming into the SEC, the games are so close. And the margin of, of you know winning and losing is so small that you know when you have an opportunity to score, you you gotta, you gotta get it. You gotta take it. And kind of the thought process out there sometimes of like that strikeouts don't matter, but, and, and you see that in the big leagues to a certain extent, like, yeah, it's okay if you strike out a lot, whatever, as long as you hit for enough power. But man, it, it kind of like punch outs do matter, I think, because because here's the other side of it too. The players aren't robots. Like like a lot of the statistical analysis will tell you that, yeah, the strikeout's not, a, you know, it's just another out. But the thing is, the players aren't robots. They do have emotions, and then, you know, those emotions end up affecting future situations and confidence, and it can affect the next guy in the lineup and that sort of thing. And so um, it's kind of about, like, when do you punch out? (laughs) You know, know, not all strikeouts are created equally. Strike out with a runner on third and less than you know, and one out is 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 no bueno. Obviously, like we we need to, we need to score right there.
0: What is one drill, or you know, if you've got a couple in your back pocket, uh, what is one drill that your players love that we can steal from you?
1: You know, and and this is good because I I ask our guys a lot of time uh, in their in their meeting with me before they leave for Christmas break. You know, what are th- what are a lot of the drills that they've tried that they really like, that they want to implement into their routine and that, that help them be at their best. And there's a handful of them that keep, you know, coming up. Um, one of them is angle batting practice. You know, um, I, some people call it offset, um, but our players really like it. Uh, they feel like it kind of gets them in a the groove, whether that's, you know, a lot of times it's angle away or angle oppo. Um, but they can also be angle in or angle to the turn side. Um, I think that's, that's one. Um, I really like the high velocity machine, you know, forcing guys to play at a higher speed and to adapt to the, to the carry or the sink on the baseball. And, you know, cause the truth is a lot of times we'll bring in some freshmen and they, and they have a hard time lining that thing up, but as they continue to work on it, they get better. And, um, you know, just trying to play at high speed. Um, and we also do some work with <clears throat> uh, belts, you know, like uh, you could say like core velocity belt type stuff. Um, really like that sort of thing. And the players oftentimes cite that, whether it's pulling them, you know, forward or backward or behind them or whatever, just something that's, that's <sighs> making them fight for balance and posture and, uh, you know, they're either having to fight through it or it's speeding them up and, and they're, they're learning how to, you know, get stronger or go faster and with their swing. And it just kind of plugs them into the ground. I feel like, and we get more ground force out of it. And, uh, last thing is we hit a lot of heavy bag, um, with our baseball bats. <laughs> we'll go, we'll go you know, kind of the old school hit the, hit the tire type thing. We'll, we'll hit a heavy bag. I found that to be very helpful too where guys, you know, get feel themselves impacting that bag in the right position like they want to the baseball. It's uh that's been a beneficial tool as well. So
0: That's awesome. I love it. And then final question for you is if is there a book or resource in general that if you could purchase for all of our listeners, what would that be?
1: Well, first I I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't if I didn't try to give everybody the Bible. I think that's that's number one. You know, honestly, you know, I used to read a lot more books, <laughs> but now I've got three children too, and so yeah, it's uh, yeah, sure. my my, my uh, book reading has kind of gone a little a little more dormant lately. Um, but you know, that's that's that. But but trying to trying to get into that every day a little bit and, and and everybody you know everybody's heard of it and knows it obviously, but it's just this. I think the seven habits of highly effective people's incredible. By Stephen Covey, I think is right on, obviously, and beneficial for coaches or just being a, a parent or a father, husband. Um, I like anything by Andy Andrews. So, yeah, I guess I guess those are kind of um, some of my my favorite.
0: I love it. Well, uh, I I'm I'm going to link your contact info in the show notes below, just in case any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, but I am going to mute myself and just kind of let you, you know, talk to our listeners a little bit before you go. And is there really anything else that you want to leave with them or say to them or encourage them? And
1: I guess I'll say this, um, and this is something we told to our team when we got back last fall and we said it again, this spring is, you know, just how blessed we are to do what we do. You know, that honestly there might be some things this spring that um, and that we've already been going through with the coronavirus and protocols and everything that maybe aren't a lot of fun and seem to be a hassle. But how excited, you know, would we have been to been able to finish last season if if we could get it back? And now we have the opportunity to do our jobs again, thankfully. And so like, you know, just just being just being grateful, being thankful. Um, getting to, you know, lead and coach with joy, I think is, is, is huge. And, uh, hopefully we can, we can, you know, push that, you know, with, with everything we're doing with our players, uh, they can play with joy and, and have a lot of fun. And I guess, you know, kind of the idea is if, uh, if we can keep this in the back of our mind, I think it'd help us be the best coach we can be. What am I doing today? That's going to really matter in about a hundred years. You know, whether it's you know as a coach or, or or a person as a or a man, you know what can I do today that's really going to make a difference a hundred years from now, and that kind of is a reminder to keep our priorities straight and do the right thing and make it about more than uh, obviously wins and losses and certainly those are important, <laughs> but uh, there's there's a lot more to to things and, and we've we've uh, due to this pandemic and everything, hopefully we've you know, realize that and gone back to our basics and our principles and priorities. So appreciate you having me on, Jonathan. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, which can include Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or YouTube. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it on social media to help get the word out. Once again, thank you for joining us.